Hi, everyone. This is the second full episode of the Resilient Health Podcast. And today, I'm wondering how many people in the world got up this morning with a new commitment to improve their health. If it's Monday, that number is probably higher. If it's right after a holiday or vacation, the likelihood is even higher that a person got up this morning and started a new diet, exercise program, or a plan to add something like meditation, spiritual activity, or new time management strategies to their daily routine. New beginnings are often filled with an optimism and energy that makes it a little easier to do some things differently for a while. However, if you want to create real, lasting change in your health, the way you start this journey matters. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably decided to make a commitment to improving your health. You might be one of my clients and we're using the episodes to guide or support the coaching or counseling process. Or maybe you're someone who just wants some insight and a few strategies to help you make your health more of a priority or figure out how to be more consistent in doing the things that you know work for you. I believe that the way you get started on your journey toward the health you want will ultimately influence where you end up. And that's the focus of today's episode. Welcome to the Resilient Health Podcast. I'm Lori Copeland, a licensed professional counselor and a national board certified health and wellness coach. This podcast series will take you through a program I use with my clients who come in for one-on-one individualized sessions. It's a program that integrates a health coaching model with counseling strategies to help you recognize and manage the things that can prevent you from moving toward the health you want. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to create a vision for health, how a vision is different than goals, and how you can connect that vision to the thoughts, feelings, and choices that impact your health. I'll end the podcast, like I always do, with a small action step that you can use to get started on a new pathway to health. Remember, resilient health is not about finding the perfect solution or doing everything right. It's about overcoming those things that make you want to give up on yourself and moving toward what's most important to you. So how do you usually get started when you begin a new commitment to your health? Do you adopt some new diet plan that someone else says works for them? Do you go out and spend a lot of money on capsules filled with stuff you've never heard of? Supplements, packaged diet foods, exercise equipment, or maybe a new app on your phone? If so, let's talk about why you're not alone. Everyone does this for three reasons. First of all, we think doing something new will bring different results. Now that can definitely be true, but chances are those diet plans, pills, and programs are appealing to you because of great marketing. And if your history tells you they tend not to work for you in the long run, 
you should probably learn from that. The second reason the shiny objects of the latest diet or exercise trend are attractive is simply because we're naturally drawn to the structure these things offer. Have you ever wondered why people always give you information in lists of three or seven? Well, our brain tends to see those numbers as manageable. Our culture thrives on bullet points that help us to organize and focus our attention. And the third reason structured plans and big promises are appealing, because, of course, I had to give you three on my list, is that you're an optimist who hasn't given up on your health. And you're willing to try something new. And that's a great thing. In fact, all three of these reasons are excellent. A new approach, structure, and optimism. But the key is to figure out what's right for you. And the way of eating, the new habit or form of exercise has to work within the lifestyle you want to have. And it has to be something you can do for the long haul. A problem for many people is that they choose a method that falls into that category called diet mentality. You know, those plans and programs that are focused on packaged diet foods and pills, food restriction, or anything that has a temporary nature to it. Another problem occurs when people adopt some plan for exercise or another behavior that's just not sustainable. If you have a long history of trying solutions that ended up not working for you, there may be a reason. And I have to note that more often than not, these temporary, unrealistic, or extreme solutions leave us worse off than we were before we tried them. So if you want to make some real and lasting changes in your health, where do you start? A little later in the episode, I'll talk about creating a vision for your health. But first, I want to clarify how goals and a vision are different. Let's talk a little bit about goals. Our culture is extremely goal-oriented. Career goals, financial goals, project goals, and of course, health goals. We have two kinds of goals. We have outcome goals and behavior goals. Now, outcome goals are focused on a specific result, like I'm going to lose 10 pounds before vacation. I'm going to be able to run a 10K in March. I'm going to reduce my blood pressure so I don't have to take blood pressure medicine. I'm going to fit into a size 10 pair of pants. I'm going to get an average of eight hours of sleep every night. Now, on the other hand, behavior goals focus specifically on what we will actually do or not do. Like, I'm going to eat 65% vegetables at dinner every night, except Friday and Saturday. I'm going to spend 15 minutes every morning meditating. I'm going to turn the TV off every night at 9 p.m. and do yoga. I'm going to the gym every morning this week before work. Or, I'm not going to eat any sugar this week. I wonder if any of those sound familiar to you. Or maybe just hearing those examples reminded you of times in the past 
when you fell short of the goals you set or gave up on them completely? Why is it that we get so discouraged when we don't achieve our goals? And how come sometimes once we reach a goal, we get stuck and don't seem to be able to just maintain those things? Well, the concept of goals is a little bit controversial in the field of health. Some people say goals are essential and should play a central role in what we do as long as they're SMART goals. S-M-A-R-T. That's a popular acronym for how to set goals, and we're not going to talk about that now. You can go Google that if you want. Other health professionals say that goals can actually work against us if that's all we have to drive our behavior. Now, I'm not going to go deeper into this debate about whether goals are mostly good or bad, but it's important for us each to look carefully how we use goals and consider what types of goals might support long-term change without messing up our ability to accept ourselves and make healthy choices and be content right now, this day, in this moment. I'm going to do an episode later on how we can make goals work for us instead of against us. But in order to help you understand the importance of a vision, I need to spend a couple of minutes talking about how goals can be problematic. Outcome goals are more problematic than behavioral goals because they're future-oriented. Goals often shift the focus from the present moment to a future outcome. In other words, we could have some great goals but spend the rest of our lives telling ourselves we'll start tomorrow or Monday or after vacation or Christmas. This way of thinking makes it easier for you to avoid taking responsibility for the choice you're making in the moment. Here are some examples. I'll finish this bag of chips right now and start tomorrow with a keto diet. I'll skip exercising today and do twice as much tomorrow. The other problem with outcome goals is that they're focused on attaining something rather than living in a certain way. That's why people can't seem to maintain the goal once it's been achieved. I want to help you see how a vision can keep you connected to the real-time choices you make all day long. Now with behavioral goals, the biggest problem is that is that they're often unsustainable or they're not paired with effective strategies for developing habits. Both types of goals are problematic when they're not consistent with the deeply held personal values, belief systems, and needs that drive our behavior. For example, what if a person has goals that are focused on being a size and shape that she thinks would be impressive or acceptable to others based on cultural standards of attractiveness or the notion that being healthy means you have to be thin. But what if what she really desires deep down and needs is to be loved and accepted for who she is right now, today, by other people and herself? Or 
What if a person sets a goal of going to the gym every day for an hour, but what he values most is being present with his kids and his family as much as possible, and he feels guilty because it seems like his time at the gym takes him away from his family? Or what about those people who have developed a strong underlying belief that they may not even realize But they have this belief that at the end of the day, the end of a long day at work or taking care of kids, what they deserve is to indulge in foods and drinks that give them that rush of an addictive good feeling while escaping into television. If these people don't recognize the power of this belief and value, they won't understand why every new effort at improving their health leaves them feeling deprived and miserable. So how can you set goals, develop habits, and make choices that work with your values, beliefs, and needs instead of against them? That idea brings us to the most important part of this episode. What is a vision and how do you put it in the driver's seat on your journey toward the health you want. Vision statements are really popular right now. And honestly, I tend to be a little resistant to concepts that get trendy and overused until they're watered down or mean a lot of different things. But long before this idea of a vision became trendy, the great poet Robert Browning wrote, Ah, but a man's reach should exceed his grasp, else what's a heaven for? I like to think he was describing why it's important to have not just goals, but a vision. So the first step in creating a vision is going to mean giving yourself permission to ask the question, what do I really want? And then, Have the courage to reach a little farther than you can grasp. You can do that when you're not afraid to fail because it's not about achieving or falling short of specific goals, but moving in the direction of what you want. Once you've given yourself permission to consider what you want. The next step in developing your vision is to explore what it would mean for you to nurture yourself physically, mentally, spiritually. If you're uncomfortable with that word nurture, it may be because it's trendy. And of course, I can appreciate that. However, I wonder if it might also be because the act of really caring for yourself is something you have a hard time allowing yourself to do. After you think a little bit about how your willingness to make self-care a priority will influence your vision, the next step might be to think about something you would like to be able to do that your current health doesn't allow you to do. Another step might be to consider how meals would be different. If for you, food was more of a friend than an enemy, or How exercise could become a part of your week 
that you find rewarding and empowering rather than the part you dread the most. And finally, I want to emphasize that the main goal in constructing your unique vision for what you want is to help you discover the freedom of being able to trust yourself and to make choices that influence your health. So when you do the vision activity at the end of this podcast, you can allow yourself to reach beyond your grasp. But before we jump into that activity, I want you to know that I recognize that for so many people, when they imagine a healthy lifestyle, it feels just too far beyond their reach. I think sometimes media paints a very narrow picture of what health is. Because I'm identified as a health coach, I'm exposed to a lot of those social media posts that could easily cause a person to see the concept of healthy as this place where perfect, well-toned bodies go to have their kale smoothies and meditate, a place where regular people don't fit in. I have to be honest and say that I do really enjoy the benefits of exercise, kale smoothies, and meditation. Those are things that I've found really do fit into the lifestyle that I want. And I don't think there's anything wrong with those social media posts about health. What I'm saying is that health is not something that some people have and others don't. Health is the way you care for your body, mind, and soul, and how satisfied you are with the way you care for yourself. So what I'm trying to say is, I know there are people who feel like healthy for them is just so far from where they are. Like they're standing on the edge of this big canyon with the land of healthy way over on the other side. Maybe your image of what healthy is, is not even a place where you would enjoy living. If this sounds like you, then you haven't created the right kind of vision. What if moving toward better health for you is about choosing a path that moves toward what you really want and what's most important to you? As with any change process, you'll be like everyone else in that at some point staying on that new path will become difficult. You get tired and feel pulled back to where you were before. But what if you gave yourself permission to go as slowly as you need to, to get off that path and get back on? And what if you could figure out how to access and use some new resources and how to find the encouragement along the way that will help you stay on that path long enough for it to get a little easier? Because you'll eventually develop strength and habits that will enable you to do more and go faster. I know I've been speaking in a really general and metaphorical way, and we need to boil this down to what you can do right now. So here's the idea in one sentence. You will construct a vision, and this vision will help you stay on your path to better health. Because that path is created by every small choice, 
that becomes a step either toward or away from the life you want to live and the person you want to be. I'm going to say that one more time. Your vision will help you stay on the path to health because it's created by every small choice that becomes a step either toward or away from the life you want to live and the person you want to be. In just a minute, I'll walk you through a simple guide for creating a vision because this is an essential starting place. However, I need to clarify that it's not the only thing you need. I've heard people talk about making a vision board with pictures and phrases that represent what they want and then making a commitment to look at it multiple times every day. You hear stories about how a person believed that just creating and focusing on the vision of what they wanted had some kind of magical power to make it happen. I wouldn't question anyone's personal story. I'm just saying that how your vision becomes connected to what you think, feel, and do in the moment is what makes it powerful. Not just the vision. And that vision needs to be based on the person you want to be, not a future outcome like losing 20 pounds or making $200,000 a year. If a vision is outcome or future oriented, it will distract you from focusing on the things that you can do today because of the person you want to be today, just like we talked about with goals. Change will occur only to the extent that you do something different in the present. For example, what if a vision board actually works against you? Because creating it, looking at it every day, gives you a false sense of doing something for your health. Doing those things technically doesn't impact your health. Here's an analogy. Making our to-do list might give us a feeling of accomplishment even if we haven't actually done anything on our list yet. To the extent that making the to-do list organizes and prioritizes what we want to get done and actually helps us to do the most important things, it's going to be effective. So to summarize, just creating a vision of what we want does absolutely nothing for us if it's not connected to the choices and changes that will lead us to get what we want. Now it's time for you to begin working on your vision. I have five ideas that I want you to think about first. And if you're in a place where you can make some notes, then you can pause this recording as you go through and as I, you know, discuss each one of these five introductory ideas, you can write down your responses to the questions. Then I'm going to finish the episode with a very directive brainstorming activity for you to do. For your first reflection, think about your reasons for making changes in your health. Why is it important to you to improve your health? How do you want to feel when you wake up in the morning or when you go to bed at night? What would you like to be able to do that you can't do right now? 
what types of health changes in your life would have an impact on your loved ones? How would health changes impact your job or leisure time activity that you would enjoy doing? And how might changes now impact your health 10 years from now? For your second reflection, consider your ideal day or week. Imagine what a typical day would look like for you if everything you did was completely consistent with the life you want to live, most days. You might also want to think in terms of an ideal week to account for the way each day might have different demands. The more time you spend identifying the specific things you would do in the ideal day or week, the more effective it's going to be in helping you to create your vision. For your third reflection, think about some people you know who might serve as role models for health. People who have some habits and ways of approaching their health that you'd like to integrate into your own life. Remember, you're not comparing yourself to them or aspiring to be just like them. You're simply using them as a source of information for what you want. For your fourth reflection, Consider the idea of your future self. Begin by looking backward a little and remembering something you decided to do a while back that you're thankful now you did. It can be something small or large, and it can be related to health or anything else. For example, about five years ago, my husband and I would often look at the spot in our backyard and say, we should plant a shade tree there. But it was three years ago when one Saturday morning after we'd had a lot of rain for about two weeks, I decided to start digging a hole. I kept digging and digging until I had this huge hole. Then we bought a tree. Now we look at that tree and comment on how much it's grown in three years. I don't really think about how much bigger it would be if we'd planted it five years ago. I'm just glad we did it. A more relevant personal story is that six and a half years ago, I was struggling with depression. I was 40 pounds heavier than I am now, and my joints hurt all the time. I couldn't walk one or two miles without incredible knee pain. When I stood up, I had pain in my feet, and the people at work would say, Lori, are you limping? I frequently reflect on that time in my life when I decided to make health a priority and figured out what worked for me after years of dieting and beating myself up all the time. For the last five or so years, I've maintained a healthy lifestyle where I can exercise with no pain. I feel happier and I've stayed at the same weight. But I still challenge myself by reaching beyond my grasp and asking myself what Lori five years from now would be thankful that Lori today decided to do. So what will your future self thank you for? Finally, the fifth reflection is a little more complex. 
And we're going to have to dig deeper into this area in future episodes. But I want to introduce the idea now that there are habits, distractions, thought patterns, emotions, and even features of your personality that can have the power to hook you and lead you away from your path toward your vision of health. Learning to recognize and manage these things will be essential to making real lasting changes in your life. Take just a minute to allow anything to come to mind that you recognize as one of those things that seems to have the power to hook you and throw you off course. We'll work on these things later, but for now, just consider what it might feel like to be able to manage these things better and stay on track. Now we're ready for the brainstorming activity. After reflecting on the five areas we just covered, you're ready to nail down some specific things. So take out a piece of paper and at the top of that piece of paper, you're going to write this statement. I want to be someone who, and then it's left blank. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to explore some different areas of health that I'm going to list for you. And you're going to fill in that blank until you can't think of any more things, any more ways to complete that sentence. Now, remember, your reach can exceed your grasp. In other words, at this point, you're just brainstorming and you don't want to get bogged down in evaluating each of your answers. You're just going to give yourself permission to think about what you want. Now, I'm going to read the list of the aspects of health that you can use to organize your ideas for your vision. I'll talk slowly, so at this point, you can just write them down. And you're going to come back later, and that's when you're going to actually do the brainstorming activity. So the list is, number one, your physical body. Number two, your mind or your thoughts. Number three, emotions. Number four, relationships. And number five, this is one that sometimes gets left off of people's lists, and that's environment. How the space and the things around you have influence over you. And then the last one, number six, is spiritual. So choose a time When you can really focus on this activity, it might be now or sometime later when you can just sit down and really think about your vision. Then for each area, brainstorm using that statement, I want to be someone who, and then fill in the blank until you can't think of any more. Now, you may have really written not much of anything in one area and then a whole lot in another. And that's just fine. But then when you've finished, go back and review everything you wrote 
and choose the ones that are most important for you right now. Now, for these statements, rewrite them as, I am someone who... Now, if the statement you brainstorm doesn't really work with the present, that's okay, because remember, you're reaching beyond your grasp. But go ahead and change it by writing, I am someone who is on the path toward... Like, for example, I am someone who is on the path toward being able to get up off the floor without groaning. Now, hopefully, many of your statements can be active in the present. Like, I am someone who can enjoy a meal without feeling either guilty or deprived. I am someone who manages stress in a healthy way. Now, take your list and put it somewhere in your phone or post it somewhere where you can see it. But remember, this list will evolve as you grow in understanding yourself and open your mind to some new ways of looking at your health. It's not a permanent vision for health, but a starting place for you. And it's to help you ask yourself the question when you're faced with all those choices that you make every day. Will this choice move me toward or away from the person I want to be and the life I want to have? Remember that a vision for health is continuously being modified because changes in our circumstances are always happening and changes in what we want. I hope that some of the future podcast episodes for Resilient Health will actually help you further your development and develop your vision and learn strategies to stay on that path toward the health you're reaching for. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Resilient Health Podcast. I value your comments and feedback. So if you'd like to email me, the address is resilienthealthpodcast at gmail.com I'd also like to thank Grant Vandiver at Pathway Practice Management for helping me get this podcast up and running.